0: We're talking yeah, 100, 200 years down the no, road. No, we don't need where...
1: more of me. I'm not doing this. Screw it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Take me off the list.
2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of PHP Ugly. This is episode 99. I'm Tom right out here, as usual, with my co-hosts, John Congdon. Hello, hello. And Eric Van Johnson. How you guys doing? Good. I'm super excited. Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh, that's that's never a good sign.
2: <laughs> I uh, I just finished up my proposal for the call for papers. Oh, for for Wave PHP. You're
0: doing it. You're you're getting in under the wire. By the time this show is edited, uh, the call for papers will be
2: done. Oh, you're ruining my joke then, because I thought it was already done. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're killing me right out. You're killing me. <sighs> if you if you happen to be listening live, you have. Uh, a little First off, we're sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know if it ends. Does it end at midnight tonight, John? Or does it end at midnight tomorrow night?
1: Midnight tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Let's say midnight on the 16th. Alright,
0: so you, you have a little over 24 hours to get your your papers in for WayPHP.
1: Which reminds me, I need to go extend the date of the blind early bird. So you still have time. Uh, we will keep the blind early bird pricing available until... The schedule is posted. (laughs) You're
0: killing me with this blind early bird pricing. That was such a mistake.
2: Did I tell you I've got five (laughs)
0: tickets? I know. I saw your boss make the purchase. That's one of the cool things about being one of the organizers. Every time somebody makes a purchase, we get a little notification.
1: It's so exciting every time it happens. Yeah. So please, we need more excitement in our lives. Purchase more tickets. We've had
0: at least one full price ticket purchased. A gentleman was uh, coming out, and his company was paying for it, and he, he made the conscious effort to, to purchase a full-price ticket for us, just to help us out. We were very thankful for that.
1: Very appreciative.
2: Yeah. I'm excited. I took a look at the uh, the hotel location, and boy, that is that is not just a hotel. That is a resort. It's awesome, right? It, yeah. it's, it's,
0: it's I, can, I couldn't be more pleased with the location and what's around there, and If I was coming to San Diego, this is the sort of place I would want to stay. Like, for vacation, anytime, this is where I'd want to
2: stay, is this sort of place.
1: It's walking distance to Belmont Park.
2: It sets the bar pretty high for for what San Diego is as a city. Yeah,
0: to John's point, it's walking distance to, like, this huge touristy uh, carnival Belmont Park thing that we have. It's kind of like a... Kind of like a boardwalk. I guess it's a boardwalk. You call it a boardwalk, but it's not... I don't know. I don't consider it a boardwalk, but...
1: I went for the first time this past week. Uh, I had family in town, so took the kids down there. And decent. For the amount of space it takes up, there's a decent number of rides. It's got a huge roller coaster. Oh, it, it was fun. Yeah, getting, yeah excited. Fun
0: place. getting excited. Getting excited. And we've stayed at the hotel as well. We had our company Christmas party there, and we stayed the night uh, that night. yeah. had my really nice rooms we had uh the wife and i had breakfast there at the restaurant and uh it was really nice so i'm looking forward to it
2: yeah i'm i'm excited now that i've got the uh the tickets in hand and ready for the vacation and you know the hotel there's on the wave php website there's a link for the the hotel group buy deal uh which i didn't see the first time around and then there's also like Sea packages and zoo packages through the hotel. So Great. after the after the conference ends, you can go and see all the other stuff that San Diego has to offer.
1: Not all the other stuff, unless you're going to be here for a long time, because there is so right. much.
0: We're really hoping people do take the opportunity to stay an extra day or two. That's one of the reasons why we have the conference ending on a Friday and giving people an opportunity to say, Ah, we're here. Let's just stay through the weekend. Let's stay until Sunday. Let's stay until Monday.
2: It'd be cool, too, if we could get someone to volunteer for for running some kind of uh, trips after the conference in the evenings. You know, just head out to Balboa Park or head out to the Wild Animal Park and just bring a bunch of conference guys along, something like that.
1: Yeah, we'll see how that all if shakes you do, out. If
2: you do plan
0: on staying later, the cool thing is if you book through wave php's website using our, our prom- promo code the discounted rate is extended to you through the weekend which yeah. we thought that was really nice of the hotel to do
2: yeah and if you don't book through the the promo code then you're dead to us <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what eric told me when i said i needed to get the hotel room still <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, what are, what have you guys been up to this weekend? I know John's had an eventful week. Uh, before we dive into John, what have you been up to, Tom? Anything fun?
2: Oh, I mean, I'll give you one guess. I've been playing with my three D printer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it was going to it was going to be that or cryptocurrency, one of the two.
2: <laughs> yeah, doing some cryptocurrency stuff. You know, uh, just sort of watching the market. But we'll we'll get into that later. I think we're going to have a dedicated sec- section for that. Uh, besides that, it's been uh, quite a week. It's just been lots of teenager stuff. Are you guys
0: getting snow or is it still snowing there?
2: Nope, we got uh 2 days where it snowed. Oh yeah. Okay. And that was and that was it. It was clear by the next day. Just pushed off to the side of the road. And yeah, it's winter is basically didn't happen this year. Oh, Not so sure you only why. had
0: 2 days through the whole season. You only had 2 days yeah. of snow? Oh, that yeah. kind
2: of sucks. Yeah, it was it's really nice to sit at the window and sort of watch the trees grow with this white powder on top of them, and I, and I only got to do that once, really, this year. We're, we're getting a little rain out here, which is, it's always nice to get weather
0: in San Diego. As nice as it sounds...
1: Hey, hey, bite your tongue.
0: As nice as it sounds that it's always 70 to 80 degrees out here, occasionally getting some moisture on the ground is is a plus.
1: Not when you want to go play Ultimate, it's not but a you plus. you guys played in the rain. We do, but... A lot of the uh, parks close if there's too much rain mm. on the ground.
2: Okay, okay. Just... This is not ultimate frisbee podcast.
1: <laughs> Should be. <laughs> That'd be fun. We well, could I, probably got five, five more we, listeners. We, we had a, we had a guy show up today. He just happened to be walking through. He's like, "Hey, can I join you?" And he didn't sound like he had a British accent at first. And then when he started introducing, he all of a sudden had a British accent. And he just obviously doesn't throw a frisbee because he would try to throw to me like ten feet away. It would throw ninety degrees away from him, uh, from us, so nowhere near me. And afterwards, the rest of us were talking because he left pretty quickly. And somebody said, "No, that was definitely a fake British accent. He oh. <laughs> he was putting it on." And and a couple of people also thought he was really. It high. is
0: legal but, here now. So.
2: Yeah, and to be fair, they were all high too, so it's hard to tell. <laughs>
0: John, I know, I know you're you're going for, to uh, achieve some personal goals this this week.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I tw- I ended up tweeting that out. I told you this morning about it, and I decided to to make it public news for some reason. Was your four three... failed pull requests? Yeah, I had three. Well, three actually reverted. Three pull requests tested. You know, staged. Everyone signed off on it. Gets to production, and then they had to be reverted for various reasons. I, I left one in production last night and I was up till 1 a.m. trying to trying to work on it in production because I didn't know what was going on. And the issue was in, we're finally taking this legacy code base from MySQL functions to MySQLi so that we can get to PHP 7 eventually, right? And our job, uh, our job workers, they're long-lived processes. So I had it, connect to the database when it starts the job and disconnect at the end so it doesn't hold connections and worked perfectly with mysql all of a sudden with MySQL I that kept failing it had no clue why and when i say failing we use proxy sql and all of the connections slowly filled up so you could sit there and watch it and as the jobs were processing uh, all of a sudden you're at two three four hundred connections
2: oh, i know that issue that's, Without reading uh, my
1: cheat sheet of what happened?
2: Yeah, that's isn't that uh, reusing open connections?
1: It wasn't reusing.
2: Right, it's the flag connection. set to off. So <clears throat> open connections were being left to stagnate.
1: No, because I was actually calling MySQL I close. I was trying to close the connection. Huh. And they weren't closing, at least that's what I thought. And what ended up happening was the MySQL functions have a quote unquote feature that if you use the same host, port, username and password, you'll get one connection. So if you even if you call MySQL Connect five times with the same information, you get one connection to the database. Where with MySQL I, you would get five separate connections. Right. And one of the downsides of this legacy code base is it tries to make two different connections. <laughs> not on not on purpose. Not on purpose. It's just the, the package the database package that's being used ends up making two different connections. So I had to go mess with this code base that was meant for PHP 4 <laughs> that was still being used <sighs> and hack it to only make one con- one connection per DSN. And that seems to solve when my John problem. John
0: told me this but morning about this, I told him I didn't believe him. He's like, no, seriously, three pull requests got reverted. I told him, no, I, it, that's not what I didn't believe. I didn't believe he actually got three pull requests merged. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, this This is like emotional rock bottom for you, though. Are you okay?
1: <laughs> well, what I think the worst part is I really want to get this, especially the database pull requests in so that we continue marching towards PHP 7, right? and without having that reverted it could make it harder for them to accept it even though i i found the exact reason i then did a a little screen share of showing okay here's the connections if i do it you know on the old code or on mysql functions here's one connection if i do it with the code that was released to to production with mysql i here you can see it making two connections And then with my fix, now it's only making one connection again. So I think it'll be, you know, turn around and put back in production quickly, probably next week. But whenever there's a reverted pull request, it's easy to, you know, sit on it and say, no, I'm a little concerned. I'm not going to do that right now. Let's let's Mm. let this sit around for a while before (laughs) doing it again. The good news was it didn't affect any users, so.
2: That's always good.
1: Yeah, the ones that affect users... Tend to take a long time to get back into production
2: So what about what about uh,
1: your week here Eric? Uh,
0: I, You know, I don't Know really what I did this week <laughs> 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 Yeah, this this week's kind of a blur to me To be mm-hmm. honest with you um, Well, yeah.
1: th- the past two weeks should have been a blur And I wanted to say thank you so much for covering for me While I was spent time with family Not that I took Didn't the entire time off But on. I took a lot of time Didn't yeah. even notice Thanks didn't even P- notice. Appreciate it.
0: That's how much you contribute <laughs> to the team. <laughs> Working on this Greenfield app, getting really excited about it. We're doing a, we're trying to be very, yeah, we're Cognitive. really thinking through our solutions and building out some of the very beginning pieces of the Greenfield app. But it's coming together nicely and I'm I'm getting excited. I like, I like uh, coding fresh. So that's been fun. I think that's really what I've been working That's been my main focus for the last, last couple of weeks, is this new Greenfield app we're working on. But uh, we talked uh, a little bit before the show started. I want to revisit that. Um, we kind of got everybody hyped up, thinking that we're going to do a live 100th episode, which is our next episode. <laughs> and it turns out that Thomas isn't going to be in town that week. He's gonna be in town the following Look,
1: week. It's still gonna be live on YouTube, like it is right now.
0: Just yeah, not no, the it, three
1: of us sitting together.
0: No, I, think the same, we, I say we the same skip next disaster. week. I say we no. skip next week and we do it
2: together. No, no, no. I what? need this is this is my venting platform. Without this, I go insane. Some you're kind of already insane. So you know, I know, but it gets much oh, worse.
0: Yeah, I think we should wait. 100, 100 shows. I, you know, I. I don't think I really gave it much thought that we'd get to a hundred episodes.
1: Should we wait for a hundred and four though?
0: Why? Why a hundred what? Two years.
1: Fifty Yeah. Duh. Nah, oh One
0: hundred is, is uh actually we've been two years, right? Didn't we start didn't we start back in March?
2: I'd have to dig. I'd have to you see. You
0: know, now that John brings it up, I'm pretty sure we started in March. Two years ago. So we've skipped weeks here and there. That would explain for the offset of numbers, but I'm almost positive we started in March. But yeah, 100 episodes. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, not that we have like a huge following and a bunch of people listening to us, but... Shh, uh, (laughs) shh, shh. Only we know that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been fun. I mean, (laughs) I think it's been cool. Yes, March fifteenth. Holy crap! Today, <clears throat> it's two years from today. We published our first episode on March fifteenth.
1: Happy Holy anniversary, crap. guys! I, I meant to get you something. Completely forgot.
0: What are the odds? Oh wait, I that? was
1: on. I wasn't on the first few, so
0: I made you a Pikachu. Ch- cheers! <laughs> <laughs> In honor of our two year show, I'm going to drink this show. <clears throat>
1: Something you never do, it's a real <laughs> remix. Oh, that's cool. The the uh, I remember the video. It wasn't really a podcast at that point. The the video. Okay, podcast. Uh, when that reached a hundred episodes was really cool for uh, talk bowling. Yeah, but then it was only like ten episodes later, and then I was gone. I left.
2: If, <laughs> if we have a dedicated fan out there, I'd wanna. I want to know how frequently. Bowlingball.com uh. comes up from John. Uh, Erica, Eric and I, on an episode that you were missing out on there, John, we talked about some problems we were having with PHP Storm really turning to junk. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I know Eric is very mobile when it comes to his IDEs. So I don't know if he just dropped out of PHP Storm or not.
1: No, I helped him through his problems.
2: Well, I got an update from JetBrain's Toolbox that we are now at, what, the 2018.1 Public Review Edition, or Public Preview. And that has fixed all of my problems as of late. So I'm very happy that they've figured out whatever it is that was breaking it, because that was driving me crazy.
0: That's interesting. So you stick with the Public Preview version, even though you have a,
2: a license? I always have the latest, latest version.
0: Okay. I
1: wonder if you can switch to. Isn't that EAP the latest version? Yeah, early access. Uh, they
2: just they just closed EAP and it's now the public preview version. Oh. So EAP was the previous version. We have we have so many tickets today. John added two. Yeah, we, we've covered one of them. Very excited. <laughs> One of them that just said MySQLi and one of them that just says new tools. No links to anything.
0: John's John just doing the bare minimum, whatever it takes to get in there.
1: I like to put notes down for for to bring things up to talk about, I, not necessarily I, I, I agree links with to things. On that.
0: I, I, I think the the longer we've been doing the show, that I'm the same way. I like keeping my little notes and to-do list of things I want to talk about.
2: Well, I wanted to talk about cryptocurrencies. This week. Okay, do we, are we? We've, we've let it slide a bit. We haven't been talking.
0: Dive right into that. Okay. Yeah, you and I are sharing a. I'm going to take that one off mine because you and I are sharing at least one card. So
2: I'll take it off. So mine. you shared last week tonight's video on cryptocurrencies. I assume you've watched the video that you shared. I totally have. Yes, John. I have, have you? To. Excellent. I did. Yep. What do you what'd you guys think? I mean, for those who haven't seen it, it's just a general breakdown of common sense on cryptocurrency and it points a lot towards the fact that cryptocurrency investment is more gambling than investment.
1: Yeah. But it's also coming from it's coming from the point of view of somebody that doesn't fully understand it too. Right. I, and it's and and there's a lot of comedy yeah. injected into it.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a John Oliver show, so yes, there was a lot of a lot of comedy there. I thought it was okay. I, I, I was curious how deep they were going to go into it. I, I actually felt they did a pretty good job at explaining the difference between cryptocurrency, the different types of cryptocurrency, and blockchain, and how one is dependent on the other, but they're not mutually exclusive to each other. Um, I, I thought it was one of the better... Introductions to cryptocurrency, but still, if you're just watching that and thinking, "Okay, I'm going to get into cryptocurrency," you've got you you've got a pretty big learning gap there. You still got to go through.
2: Yeah, I was surprised that he didn't cover Mount Gox. Um, he covered Bitconnect, which is the real recent thing that fell out. Mm-hmm. But Mount Gox was much bigger and much more impactful on the community, in my opinion. Um, the, the BitConnect just affected careless investors. Right. Uh, I remember when we talked about it on the podcast, I looked at it for a few minutes and said, oh, it's a Ponzi scheme. Never mm-hmm. mind. And then, what was it, three weeks later, they closed it down and admitted they were a Ponzi scheme? mm
1: mm-hmm. so, No, they haven't admitted yet. There's still court cases pending. And
2: I thought the website just said penis <clears throat> if you went to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that part I don't know about.
2: That might have been a different... Scam that that closed down, but uh, yeah, it, it was good, but it didn't it didn't mention some of the the really really big issues that I still have with the cryptocurrency craze, um, specifically HODL. Mm-hmm. You know, he he mentions HODL and says, you know, this is the lingo of the crypto investors, but. He didn't mention the problem with HODL, which I believe is is that HODL, the idea of HODL, is what artificially inflates a market. That's that's how you maintain a Ponzi scheme, is you tell everyone to hold on no matter what. And after having seen what happened to BitConnect, I'm, si- I'm sort of surprised to see big crypto people like Doug Polk still pushing the, the HODL concept, because...
1: He doesn't I don't think he pushes that though.
2: His
1: last
2: his last YouTube video, he was wearing a hodl t shirt.
1: <laughs> was he really? Yeah. I, I thought he when he I he, he was the first place I heard it and I thought he was making fun of it. I see, are
0: you sure he wasn't wearing it being ironic?
2: Not in the slightest. Hmm. See my, my issue with it is that it it's it's poor advice to people who are looking for advice from investors and anyone who's a real investor in cryptocurrency really moving money around, they're not hodling. They're investing, moving, investing, and moving. The idea of, so, of sticking to your guns no matter what seems just a terrible advice to me.
1: But you get that same advice in stocks as well. It's you, You're investing in the long term, not the short term. So if you're... My issue with all the cryptocurrencies is there, there's so many, and are any of them doing anything other than Bitcoin? Bitcoin actually seems like a legitimate currency, and I think that's where it gets confusing is when you call it a cryptocurrency.
2: Yeah, and and there's a lot going on with crypto right now too. I mean, right now, the markets at are are at a what three or four month low. Uh, things have things have crashed pretty significantly. So Ethereum is now at six hundred. Bitcoin is at. 800 and t- or 8,200 um and if we go up to like the one year chart
1: if you go up to that ethereum is still way up because it, mm-hmm. it hung around one or two hundred for a long time
2: yeah ethereum is still way up but but <coughs> bitcoin if you got into it still. during the craze then you're down ten thousand dollars on per coin
1: yeah, and that's a, that. That happens. Like that's what happened to me a couple of years ago. I got in when it was at eleven hundred. It crashed down to two hundred, and I was like, "Ah, screw this!" And it eventually went back up to twenty thousand. <laughs> you should have holdled. I should have. See,
2: um the other big news, and I didn't see a big impact in the Bitcoin charts yet. But today was the release of the Bitcoin Lightning Network on the mainnet.
1: And what does that mean?
2: The Lightning Network is the attempt to speed up and decrease cost on a per-transaction basis. So I don't know a lot about it technically yet, but it is it is the big news that people have been waiting for in Bitcoin, um, and it hasn't seemed to have much of an effect. Uh, the other news mm. today was that China is no longer going to be restricting ICOs in the way that they were in the last three months, which is good news. But right now, everything's just down, down, down. And do you guys have any more more crypto news?
1: I do nope. not. I do not.
2: Okay. Oh, I have another one here. I buried one. Um, Google is banning advertising of oh, cryptocurrency. Oh, I saw
0: this. Yeah. Yeah, they're following really? basically in Facebook's footsteps. And, and it's, it's kind of... Su- well... Their their excuse for doing it is kind of like, all right, it sort of makes sense, but I think you could do a better job. They're, they're basically saying, you know, we're banning cryptocurrency because there are too many people out there taking advantage of people with cryptocurrency and, you know, making cryptocurrencies, making these fake coins or making coins that are really basically worthless and selling them. So they're just banning cryptocurrency across the board and... I'm sort of like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. What you're saying as far as people taking advantage and those are the ones buying ads, but I would think that you would have a way to filter that out better.
2: And it's it's important to recognize that this isn't just the results page on a Google search. This is an impact on ads that are served within apps, uh, ads that are served as top hits, on search results well, no, yeah uh, and, and it's many only
0: it's, other it's only ads right i mean a, a google search for bitcoin or cryptocurrency that doesn't change it's just the ads the purchase ads that that display they're not accepting cryptocurrencies for that yeah they're not yeah.
1: accepting ads for cryptocurrency they're not
0: accepting ads but, for cryptocurrency yeah yeah
2: and and related stuff. So that also includes non-cryptocurrency uh things like the roll your 401k into crypto. So not just a specific thing like bitconnect or specific cryptocurrencies but uh platforms that utilize cryptocurrencies. We talked about to it. We talked users. about it
0: on previous shows these These retirement plans and these 401k plans that are that are being that are springing up around cryptocurrency, we've echoed pretty vehemently not to do this. Like this is a bad idea. Don't do don't do that. And I think I think it's those sort of business models that legitimate or not legitimate have people like Google and Facebook very concerned because. They don't want to be responsible for – they're okay you buying things from, from an ad that you might not be happy with. But I don't think they want to be on the hook for you learn, losing your entire life savings because you decide to invest into one of these cryptocurrency retirement plans, and now you're broke.
2: Yeah, and on the same hand, I think Google doesn't want to be regulated by the FCC, Uh, And if there is a big case where people come and say Google promoted BitConnect and I lost all my money, then the FCC is going to want to start getting involved in advertising platforms on the web and say what can and can't be advertised. Mm. Um, Right now, there's, there's no restriction for advertising cigarettes on Google. But I believe that they don't accept ads for cigarettes because they just don't want the limelight
1: from it
0: Mm.
1: you bring up you bring up cigarettes and, and i find it fascinating that regulations can kill an industry like they're trying to do with cigarettes which i'm fine with because i despise them but i heard they're trying to find a way to lower the nicotine level of cigarettes and how could the industry itself not fight back right because if the regulations are put in there and Fewer and fewer people are smoking, obviously, they're driving them out of business.
2: Yeah. It's it's the cigarette world is messy. I mean, I use my e cigarette. You guys know that. And uh, and that's a can of worms you guys don't want to open on the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, do we want to move on a little bit?
2: I have. Oh, well, what do we got yes. next? You, yeah, we've got more tickets here. What do you want there, Eric? I don't know.
0: Do we I want to see talk a about-
2: nerdy guy? Pointing at a machine. (laughs) That is not what I meant. That is not the one I meant.
0: I I was going to let you call that one. You wanted to call me out on it. I was going to let you do that one. Before we get there, we have to acknowledge one of the better, well-known Big Bang Theory cast members, Stephen Hawking, died this week. I think he was a scientist, too. I'm not sure. But no. He was... Yeah, Stephen Hawking's. We lost. Uh, we lost a brilliant mind. Literally, a brilliant mind this, this week.
2: Yeah, one of one of the greats. Um, proposed a lot of really amazing theories and sort of created the superstar scientist persona in the modern era. He was before Neil deGrasse Tyson and uh, Michio Kaku and people like that. We had Stephen Hawking who was renowned for not only his theories but his ability to triumph above disease and yeah it's uh it's a significant loss yeah
0: yeah uh all right, let me see what else do I got? do we want we want to talk we talked about cryptocurrency do we want to- talk about uh
1: encryption
2: oh yes, yeah,
1: I saw this card and I was like really no, I have excited about it
0: I that. haven't tried it yet <laughs> but Let's Encrypt has really been bringing SSL, HTTPS, not SSL, sorry, HTTPS to everybody. Like, it it, it still is, which I still don't know how these companies that sell these $300, $400 certificates still manage to do that. I'm I'm sure they have a bunch of marketing and and a bunch of stuff behind it, but how it's able to keep that, that premium price, I don't know regardless let's encrypt made certificates available to everybody for free it's a little bit of a pain because when you purchase a certificate you purchase it for a year two years five years with let's encrypt the certs are only good for i think 3 months so you have to set days, these yeah. yeah you have to set these cron jobs that will renew it every month and sometimes the cron jobs fail and you've got to go in there and manually do it but one of the biggest kind of caveats with Let's Encrypt is that you had to create a individual certificate for every subdomain, which doesn't sound that difficult, but if you have ever have worked for a big company, you realize you have a lot of subdomains, and you will dynamically spin up subdomains sometimes. So the way that they historically would address this with is with what's called a wildcard certificate, which basically says... Anything dot this domain will create HTTPS Tunnel for. And now Let's Encrypt has brought that to the masses as well. I haven't had an opportunity to try it, and I have some use cases for it. Uh, I need to give it a shot, but apparently starting, I think it was yesterday or the day before they released it, you can now create wildcard certificates using Let's Encrypt, which is
1: huge it's been on their to-do list for a long time lots of people asking for it and i know that <clears throat> networks online or phone burner has requested it and has put money towards uh let's encrypt to help drive that moving forward phone
0: burner and i know that a client of diego dev and sponsor of wave php
2: thank you phone burner and i know that i know that uh laravel forge is rolling out support for the Wild Cards tonight as we speak. So that'll be live by the time this gets published as well.
0: hmm mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool. Pretty significant news. Now I got hit with That's some really- disappointing <laughs> news today. I was a big Google Reader fan, and I was one of the ones who just you know, cried out on Twitter and Google Plus at the time, when Google, you decided, me both, brother. when Google decided to shut down Reader, I'm like, why are you doing this? Is this is the best one on the market. And I went through and tried to find a lot. A lot of people went to Feedly, and I didn't care for them. I had stumbled, across, I, uh, stumbled across Dig.com again, which I thought had died. Uh, but apparently it was still around, and they had an RSS Reader section. So that's what I've been using for the last couple of years, and I loved it. I mean, it was very similar to the Google Reader, very simple, very easy, and uh, I've been using it for a while. I log in today. It's actually how I, I get a lot of my stories for the show. I, I follow a lot of news feeds, and I go, I go to my reader a couple times a week and see what's happening in the community. And I logged in today to prepare for the show today to see if there's anything I wanted to add to the Trello board. And I got hit with a message that the Dig Reader will be going away at the end of this month. And to export my, my OPML uh, feeds if uh, I wanted to keep, to be able to import it into another reader. So I am I'm stuck looking for a reader again. I am very disappointed.
2: Join, join me on Feedly. Embrace the dark side.
0: You like Feedly, really?
2: Yeah. <sighs> it's it. It's nice. It uh, continually gets upgraded, and it, it the nagware part of it has reduced quite a bit.
0: Right, right. So there's nagware. Okay. So is that a, is that I, they have a web client, and they also have like like uh, standalone clients too, right?
2: I have a Chrome plugin that I use for. Small amounts of items, and then I have the web client that I use for reading in the morning when I have 500 items.
0: Mm-hmm. I might have to give them. A, I might have to give them another try. I, I don't know. I was thinking about thinking about trying a few fat clients out, and, and but I don't know. Yeah.
2: Well, I saw something today or this week that I absolutely fell in love with, just because it it allows me to bring up. Your bizarre love of Vim.
1: <laughs> you gotta,
2: you gotta say
1: it's to not yourself, a bizarre love.
2: If you
0: know, it actually makes really good sense, right? I mean, your feet are just sitting there. Why don't you put them to work?
2: <laughs> this is the Vim Clutch. It's a hardware-controlled pedal that, when pressed, enters you and exits you from insert mode. So all it does so we're so we're entirely clear here, all it does is emulate a keyboard and type the letter I (laughs) and escape. It does escape when you release the clutch. I'm sorry, yes. When you when you hold it down it it enters the letter I and when you let it go it enters the letter escape. So I think it's a strikingly old project. It's seven years old at this point.
0: It, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. But
2: boy, I could just see—I so, could just see Eric trying to figure out a way to get two of these working in tandem, so that he well, could go from different I, modes.
1: At, at the bottom, it says PC Sensor also has a triple version of the pedal.
2: There you go.
1: And there's so there's three there's. I don't know if there's three separate pedals or three points on the pedal you press. One is for insert at the beginning of the line. One is insert where you're at, and one is append to the end of the line.
2: I mean, I imagine it's just a <laughs> it's just a racing sim <clears throat> pedal set. You've I'm got pretty sure this would be a great
0: project for your little 3D printer, there, Thomas. Pr- print me out a pedal. Print me a pedal. <laughs> print me a pedal.
2: I w- I-, I would do this. I would do it when this was created. When this was created,
1: he said he there said was that wrong. no
2: such thing as a 3D printer.
1: He he, he meant pseudo. Make me a pedal. <laughs> <or print laughs> me a pedal.
2: I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> All
0: right. All right. We
2: got No, we got to go back to John here. He has one more ticket. I'm not going to let it slide that he put two tickets on the board tonight and not get to both of them. Okay. So what new you, you tools can, you can, here, you, John, no, you can, are you, you using? You can skip it.
1: No. no, we cannot. Of course you can. Yeah,
2: Your Thomas contribution a very valid is point. one of the most exciting things that we have on the show.
0: Yeah.
1: Thomas. No. I, so we, we've talked about scrutinizer in the past. Still trying to get them to sponsor wave PHP. If they're listening, we are I'm fans. still waiting for a response. Mm-hmm. Too much yeah. scrutiny. <laughs> Great. Anyway, uh, learned about a couple new tools today that I've seen in action and am excited to start using for phone burner, and maybe we'll use it for some other Diego Dev clients. Uh, Ghost Inspector, have you heard of that one?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Really? Yeah that was that was the straight to VHS version of Ghostbusters.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Ghost Inspector allows you to kind of record your motions through a website and then you can play it back. So, I mean, there's lots of other tools like that, but it was one that stood out to Foam and, and wanted to put it in place there because they really need a lot more tests. <laughs> Obviously being a legacy code base like we talked about. And then on top of that, um, they're using BuildKite, which kind of integrates with Ghost Inspector, So with Buildkite, uh, all the other building platforms like Scrutinizer and Circle, you spin up a VM and everything works, right? You're doing a whole build. Buildkite actually has an agent that you can put on a machine you have access to so that you don't necessarily have to go through all those build steps. And it's a great intermediary step towards getting to a better build platform. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, so, you're
2: right. Probably should have skipped that. Ass. <laughs> 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 what an ass. Yes. No, I'm in a competition anyone, with you, Eric. Who can wait, be anyone, the biggest ass a, on anyone,
1: anyone that's looked into these build systems, if you don't have a rock-solid build system in place, or you don't have everything in Git, or you're... You're going from a legacy code base that all you did was deploy code via either git push or however you do it, and you're trying to figure out how to deploy code or build these tools around it. This is a good intermediary step. Put an agent on your server, it connects to that, it checks out your code at that point, it can run any tests it needs, so it has access to your local database instead of having to be able to build one in a Testing environment, it has access to your web server and all that, so it just runs your test as you normally do today, and then you have what you need. You get that your tests have passed, and you know that the the code is good. So I thought they were very interesting, but thanks for poo pooing um, my ticket. And
2: <laughs> now these off. are these are both paid products, right?
1: Yes. I mean, there's free. There, there is a free tier as well, but they are paid products. Okay. So if you want to sponsor WavePHP, maybe we can get some more uh, people using it.
2: Wouldn't wouldn't turn that down.
1: We would All right, we fine.
2: The product. Eric, back to you. But I, I don't know why you. Why is this? Why is this here? Eric, I don't understand this.
0: Traffic controller. At all. No, you don't understand that? All right. So we've been. I'm not big deep into the world WordPress ecosystem. Uh, We've had WordPress clients in the past. We have developers who specialize in WordPress or are are WordPress developers, not specialized really anymore. Um, But so I kind of keep an eye on WordPress and I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I do remember about a year ago, maybe a little longer WordPress made a big announcement how they're they were re architecting the solution, how WordPress was going to become this back end engine, and how the interface was gonna all shift over to I forget if it was React or Angular or, or some some JavaScript front end. And I thought that was that was interesting. Uh, React, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, we've talked about in the past, so as part of that, that architecture, everything in my understanding of it, is everything in WordPress now has API interfaces to it, so you don't you can build your own in theory build your own front end and anything you want and make calls to an API API endpoints in the back end. And we've been looking at doing that in the past and ha- hadn't really gotten around to doing it. We just ha- the the client that that's interested in it ha- just hasn't prioritized it high enough yet. Um, but we've been looking into the APIs and how, how to do it. Well, it turns out TechCrunch has has done this now. Uh, their new TechCrunch relaunched uh, a rebranded site, and it's powered by WordPress in the back end.
1: Really? And wow.
0: React in the front end,
1: yeah. I don't know why, but I would expect TechCrunch, with the size of it, <clears throat> to have their own... Like custom site, custom backend, but I guess not. I guess it is just a new site.
0: Yeah, I, I would, I kind of would agree with you, John, but yeah, no, that's, that's all it is. I tell you, for me, this kind of breathes a little life into WordPress. Um, cause as a backend kind of content management system, it's pretty rock solid. Uh, so yeah, I would I would look at this.
1: So, do you think the the contributors to TechCrunch log into a, the WordPress backend to set up their posts and articles that they're writing?
0: That's the thing. The, if if I were to do it, that's how I would set it up. But you don't necessarily have to set it up that way because again, everything's an API endpoint, so you can even do post through. Another front end if you wanted to.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: All right, Thomas, we've been hogging the show. You've got a few.
2: What you were saying doesn't speak to how shitty this website is though. Because
1: what, the new the new technology?
2: Yeah. Have you scrolled all the way to the bottom?
1: I actually haven't looked at, I just looked
0: at the one article, I don't really pull,
2: care that much Pull up that, pull up that one article, <laughs> and then <laughs> wow. scroll all the way to the bottom Scroll all the way to the bottom? All the way to the bottom Okay Now where are you?
0: Um, at the bottom, says log in, sign up, privacy policy, about our ads Are you on
2: the article still? Uh, I, I am not Brilliant fucking design right there.
0: You know, I noticed once
1: you, once you scroll past it, it, it goes away.
0: Well, there's actually a little X there. I was just looking at that. I'm like, what does that little X do? And I just clicked it, and that that takes you to like, the the front page as well. So so just
1: I don't see a little uh, X.
0: Where does it Where does it go away the- at?
2: There's an animated X oh, that, there- as you scroll, shows you how far down the article you are. Oh, and once you go past the article...
0: Yeah, it turns to a checkmark. The,
2: and then, if you go past it further than that, the page you were just on vanishes. This is and you, and garbage back, UI. And
1: you're back at the... you go to the page it looks like.
0: Yeah.
2: I cannot imagine <laughs> what brilliant Silicon Valley CEO said, I have an idea and force developers to implement this. That's that is horrible. pretty weak, actually. Uh... <laughs> so that's my two cents. <laughs> Despite well, the lengthy article about the technology and the reasoning, their UX is stupid.
0: And, and actually, the article that I, I point to is a bad example because yeah. it's a fairly long article. If you click on the next article from the homepage, that lift one, it's a very short article. And you just scroll down a little bit, and then you're boom. It's gone. It disappears.
2: I imagine what they're trying to do is to improve retention time on the site, mm-hmm. but what a terrible way to do it. What a terrible... These- I mean, you just disappear from what you were reading if you accidentally scroll, or if you're speed reading. It just goes away. Mm-hmm. It's terrible.
0: And yeah, mo- most of these articles are actually pretty short, so yeah, that, that is pretty distracting. Hmm.
2: All right. Uh the Stack Overflow Developer Survey, the the big annual Stack Overflow event that they love to announce and release. Uh, I believe they they had over 100,000 people responding to their survey. And it is such a mash of data. There is so so much to go through here.
0: Yeah, nothing you guys, too surprising.
2: Have you guys seen anything interesting at all?
0: No, it's it's all pretty much exactly. The the only thing that kind of caught me by surprise was and I don't know why this caught me by surprise, but was the education what was what was it called? I I was surprised to see how many people education um how many people have a bachelor's degree in our field? The educational
2: attainment. Yeah,
0: I, I was I was a little surprised by that one, but besides that, everything is exactly where I would expect it to be, which is not necessarily. But there's a good so. Thing.
1: There's so many people that get degrees that end up in IT, yeah. right? So <laughs> the it doesn't mean it doesn't overflow. mean they have a. Comp- it doesn't mean they have a computer science degree. That's true.
0: And, and I think that was actually the the ne- next ma- metrics in that uh in that list.
1: Uh but Hell, yeah, we've had we we've hired two two people that had degrees in finance somehow join our team.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, major mostly white males. Um What? Yeah, nothing too surprising. Frameworks Node, Angular, React are still leading the way. .NET, .NET is up there pretty high. Um, there are actually no uh, PHP frameworks on here. Um, databases, MySQL is huge. Uh, SQLite, Mongo. is Actually, Mongo has a fairly reasonable uh, showing here. Um,
1: Haven't you been tweeting about Mongo or talking about Mongo lately?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure have. Been been interested in Mongo. Uh, Thomas was playing around with it a little bit. I started playing around with it. Um, I'm still I still might end up using that.
2: Yeah, there's there's so much information here, and and it's worth noting that we're the the qualified worldwide responses out of all of the people who responded to their survey. North America comes in second. Europe has. 39,000 responses to the survey, while North America has Mm -hmm. 25,000. And Asia, which includes India, has 24,000. I don't know. it's, It's a mash of information. It's about so many different technologies at this point that it's hard to get any information out of it as a very as a as a single tooled
0: Yeah, I, I think this, this is this yeah, you get I'm confused about this these settings here. Most loved, dreaded and wanted languages. So what's what's this metric here? I mean Rust, Kotlin, Python are all leading the pack. But I oh it's oh okay, those are the most loved. Oh, I see it's broken down. So PHP is at 41% on the most love. Let's see where it's at on Dreaded. Uh, I don't see it on uh, 58
1: Fifty-eight-four.
2: 58.4. Yeah. What's that? It, it falls in the middle on all three categories.
0: Why am I not seeing it on Dreaded? I don't see
2: it on Dreaded. It's, it's under oh, there it Akamai. Is.
0: Yeah, Akamai.
2: It's above yeah. Hack. Yeah, under- wanted. But it's hey, we're beating C++.
0: We're repeating, yeah. Objective C and uh, yeah, that's awesome. There's another one down here. Most loved, dreaded, and wanted frameworks and libraries. Um, again, yeah. Not seeing. Any if you
2: see something cool p- in here, post it up on the subreddit. Um, it is just like I said. It's just a mash of information. Uh, it it it's hard to even apply this to anything practical because it's. Everything from machine code programmers to web developers to WordPress users. Yeah. So I, it it,
1: there's it so seems much like data, it's, so many tabs, there's tabs
2: everywhere. Yeah, right. There's tabs how, how do you for get each cons- line item.
1: How do you get considered to be a professional developer on half? And
0: for that? the record, most popular development environments for sysadmins and DevOps, Vim at forty point one percent. You're
1: welcome. Because because Vim is awesome.
0: That's right. Yeah.
2: It's got all the pedals.
0: Visual Studio Code is at the top on all the tabs. It's either number one it's or It's because two. it's the
2: worst. It's the worst thing ever. What? Visual Studio Code? Oh I'm code? sorry. I'm thinking I'm thinking of Visual Basic.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Big difference there. Yeah,
2: that's the worst that's the worst thing ever. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean I like looking at these things. They're fun, fun to look at, but not a whole lot of real usable information there. Did you want to? Go? Yeah,
2: I'm just not even sure who it's for. I'm not sure who this survey is supposed to to be either interesting to or research information for.
0: Yeah. What is it that
2: you do that you need this broad of a spectrum of developers? All
0: right. Next, do you want to do another one, Thomas?
2: Oh, I'm storing mine for last. I just You're going to tell me all about the Raspberry Pi Three Model B Plus. I
0: don't really know that much about it. I just know the Raspberry Pi. I was going to ask you if you've if you've purchased your Raspberry Pi yet. Is where I was going to go. I with haven't this. yet.
2: I'm buying this one this week.
0: You're buying this one this week.
2: Okay, so yeah, I was going to yeah, say. So they,
0: the, the, it, the Model Three. They they they've come out with an update to it. So are the Pi Three Model B? They've come out with an update. It's just a little faster. Dual band Wi-Fi. Quite a vibe. bit faster.
2: I don't think it's quite a bit. Uh, I believe they've got up to one point four gigahertz on the chip now.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't that one point two before.
2: I am not positive. Yeah, prob- on that. Probably. But I, Probably. Yeah, I don't think it it's is the same it is the same price still. It's replacing the Model B. It's now the B plus. This is one of the cool uh,
0: things about the Pi is not only does it stay the same price, but I I I, don't, I think it's been a while. I think it was One of the Pi Pi 2s that all the ports have been consistent as well. So, like, if you bought a case, the case fits for other Pi's moving forward. And looking at the pictures on this one, I think this holds true here, too. It looks like all the ports are the the same on this one as well.
2: Yeah, so they're doing the whole Gateway. Do you guys remember Gateway, the computer company?
0: Oh, yeah. Mm. Weren't they a San Diego company?
2: They were. And when they first came out, standardization of their stuff was a big selling point. So you could always upgrade for the same price as you bought your old one for, or you could upgrade components and switch cases out and stuff like that. And uh, I believe that eventually faded from their business model, but that's what uh, the Raspberry Pi company here, Adafruit, is doing. So So all of their model numbers are matching in dimensions, and it's only the specifications that change.
1: So you're saying, since you're comparing them to Gateway, that I shouldn't buy one?
2: No, buy them before they go out of business. (laughs) Uh,
1: $35? I can't afford that. 35 big ones. (laughs) It's
2: 1.4 gigahertz with Wi-Fi, with onboard storage. Uh, It it allows for USB booting and and PXE, power over Ethernet, gigabit Ethernet, all the way up to the 5 gigahertz Wi Fi. This, yeah, HDMI out. This thing is a beast for $35. All I right. can't believe we need, we're in this we, era.
1: We need to get a sponsor for this show so I can buy one of these things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Eric, you got one more for me. You got two more for I, me. No, I got Throw one more. One
0: I got one more. That we, all, all we need to talk about, really, unless you want to talk about oh, the
2: other one. I'm, I'm totally bringing it up. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> So, you, you guys are always give me a hard time about my, my collection of Echoes around my house. And, and I, no,
1: I, I, want, I want this one.
0: I, I will admit, I have quite a few of them. Uh, there's a few out that I haven't bought yet that I want. There's the little one with the display on it I haven't gotten yet. But I was driving today thinking to myself, you know what? I don't have an Echo device in my car. That would be awesome. I have Google in my car, but I don't have Echo. And I've seen the new Ford commercials where Alexa is cancel <laughs> It's built into the new Fords apparently. I'm like, that would be cool. That would be cool. I I would get that. And lo and behold, Amazon releases a little plug-in adapter now where you can have the Echo device in your car as like whoa, whoa, one of those rolling back charges. Okay.
2: This is not an Amazon not an Amazon device.
1: Yep, yeah, it's not. He's right. I agree with Thomas on this one. This is it's part of their so partner program.
2: So this is Alexa enabled device, but it is not a full Alexa device. They have uh significantly restricted feature set on this device. Now, if
0: you remember, that was one of my complaints about my Google Auto is how restrictive it is. It's got a very limited feature set. I imagine this is probably very similar. And if you watch the video, it's a, there's a companion app on the phone that looks like you almost have to have running to kind of get the full experience, like to have it do directions for you and everything.
2: Right. It is required to have the phone within Bluetooth range because this is not connected to the internet in any other way.
1: And so I, is it just a Bluetooth speaker? I believe it is. <laughs> Basically.
2: Yeah. Which brings up
0: the question, if you have this plugged in, does that mean you have to listen to your music through it, or, or can, you, can you still Bluetooth with your car as well and listen
2: through there? Because I wouldn't no, want to listen yeah, to my music through this. No, this, this will connect to your car with an aux cable. So I don't think oh, it's that's actually horrible. Even a speaker.
0: So, so you got a Bluetooth. I don't think
2: it's yeah. That's it's I... not even a speaker. It's Bluetooth to this device to an aux cable into your car. What?
1: That you sure? You sure about that? Because this is saying it does in-car navigation, hands-free calling, and music streaming. Yeah, I think that's a speaker cable. on the top. Mm. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, right. I want Why are we now. talking? Why are we talking about this then? This is stupid. I don't know. Tom wanted to talk about it. It's fifty dollars. <sighs> it's got to be a speaker. That might be a speaker.
2: Either way, it's dumb. <laughs> Eric, your thing was dumb.
0: <laughs> is that, that's the only reason <laughs> you wanted to make sure I talked about it, right? What?
1: What?
2: No. Ah. Uh, so we have. I think we have.
1: It's not a, a speaker.
2: I think we have a high-profile fan of our podcast.
0: Do tell.
2: Well, Taylor Otwell this week posted that Laravel is hiring for an open-source and community liaison. That which sounds is something that oddly familiar. I think we invented that concept on the podcast. <laughs> Did we not Like, well, brainstorm I... that right here?
0: Actually, I, I, I stole the idea from the Cake P H P community, who has a community manager. And so we had talked, especially after New York, and I was a little disgruntled about the lack of acknowledgement to the Laravel community and all the people out there working on packages, working on community groups, and I didn't feel like enough... Or any any kind of accolades, our attention was was giving to given to them. And when we were talking about it, I we talked about the idea of Lairdville is big enough now, and there's so many moving parts that perhaps it was a good idea that they establish a community manager, um, especially with as good as Taylor is at <laughs> engaging with some of the Twitter trolls out there and. And uh, how how well he is at handling that—that maybe he needed a little bit. Oh, and he's one of the best. (laughs) So yeah, I thought it was very uh, cool to see this. We don't talk a lot about Laravel anymore, um, but it was very cool to see this job posting go up, and I'm I'm hopeful that uh, it gets filled by somebody, and and Laravel does kind of does something to help. Unify and expand their community. I mean they they have we've talked about in the past, they have it seems like there's the core inner circle of Laravel people who are always interviewing each other and each other's show and, and they're a pretty tight-knit community. And then you have all these other people out in the world beginning communities, working working on community projects with Laravel that don't get a lot of acknowledgement that probably should get a little bit more acknowledgement just to kind of foster that, that spirit of, Hey, thanks for everything you're doing for making Laravel such a strong product.
2: I'm just glad he did this because six days later he posted, sometimes I'm just not feeling the open source world, to be honest. Yeah, I saw that too. (laughs) And boy, that's as a, Broad fucking statement right there. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are picking on a lot of innocent people in that one. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm
0: still I'm still a little confused about the Lareville model. Like it's still I I find it hard to co- consider it a community driven framework. Or even open source framework. I mean, I guess it's open source because you can see the source code, but it's very much Taylor's whatever Taylor wants to do. I mean, it's not. People are free to build packages and people are free to suggest, you know, changes to the framework, but ultimately it comes down to Taylor and, you know, what he wants to implement, what he does want to implement. And so it's it's interesting. It's different.
2: (laughs) It is. It is, uh, it's a new take on working well with others. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm taking it down to our last. This is, I don't know if this is doom and gloom or not, because I can't see into the future as well as I wish I could. But the headline is quite simple. A startup is pitching a mind-uploading service that is 100% fatal. Fatal?
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: That doesn't sound 100% <laughs> fatal.
1: So I, so is this like, I'm on my deathbed, and I just want to be put out of my misery, but take my Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa.
2: you're cutting to the end.
1: Oh, so I was right. I didn't read the article. Yes, I was No, asking. that's
2: exactly right. Um, so big news about 10 years ago was a Chinese museum that was plasticizing corpses. Did you guys ever mm-hmm. see any of that, in,
0: that yeah, stuff? Yeah, the, the body um, exhibit.
2: Yeah, so it ended up touring all over the country. It came to our beautiful San Diego in Balboa Park. And it uses a technique that basically freezes cellular structures in place using heavily injected plastic products. Uh, so this startup, despite the everything about the headline, which is wrong, is proposing simply that. The 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 startup is saying hey if you're about to die and like the idea of having your brain inserted into some kind of ai or computer simulation when such a technology is possible then we're the first company to offer something that's really possible so in the 90s it was cryogenics
0: mm-hmm.
2: everyone was talking about well, there's, if they have a that's ted
0: williams they they both got their heads frozen
2: Yeah, and then they melted, unfortunately. But everyone forgets that part. (laughs) Uh, But cryogenics, uh, you know, as water freezes, as it expands. Mm -hmm. Uh, So cryogenics was found to be completely unusable in this sector. Because as it freezes, it expands, and all the cells rupture. And the whole subject, while looking like a frozen body, is essentially a frozen ball of mush. And when it's melted, it's just mush. nothing is sustained in the correct position, location, etc, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. So this company is saying that they can absolutely preserve the neural structure of the brain, and that when the technology comes along to properly analyze neural structures, then they will do that and upload you your your structure to some kind of system that will exist in the future
0: let me ask you guys would you guys do something like this
2: no this is stupid Uh, yeah
0: don't (laughs) don't say this is stupid that's uh, (laughs) you fall back on that too much have you have either one of you seen the netflix series altered carbon yet
2: yeah that was awful too
0: stop talking thomas driving me nuts this is that. This is what altered car- carbon basically was. As you know, they—they, they, I forgot what they called them. Stacks, and your your essence, your your thoughts, your neural waves were all part of the stack. And as long as your stack was in place, you could be put into different bi- bodies. Oh, I
1: started watching that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what
2: happened? Uh, Stop where you were, because it, it goes downhill like a roller coaster. It,
1: it's,
0: yeah, it's a pretty much a, a dry spell for me, too. I, I need to get back to it and see if it picks back up. But I don't know. It got me thinking. I'm like, I would do that. I mean, what do you have to lose? Especially, I mean, I wouldn't volunteer to say, hey, kill me today and, and s- <laughs> save my neural network. <laughs> but if I was dying anyways, it's like, yeah, sure, keep me around. You know, I could, maybe I'm i, I can virus. I'm,
2: I will present my, to you the first problem is that this technology, once it becomes functional, so once they can scan your brain, then everyone who wants to do it right now gets frontline. Okay. So hmm. soon as the te- soon as the technology is available and it's proven, then everyone who had their brain plasticized 100 years ago, they're at the back of the line to get it done.
1: Because they've already got their money. They're not actually going to do it. Right. They're never (laughs) going to do it. They're not worried about any sort of repercussion at that point.
2: What this is 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 some kind of attempt at an art project or something. But if you don't have a trust that's devoted to doing the second and third step of the process, then it'll never occur. You're just going to have a brain that's plastic.
0: Okay. So, again – I'm not talking specifically about this co- company. I'm talking about the concept in general. Would, would that be something you would do? If no.
1: You're saying if they had the technology today to yeah. upload your memories, yeah. would you do it yeah. on your deathbed? I don't know. I don't know that anybody wants to see my memories or, or listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> you're not
2: supposed to admit that on the podcast. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would do it. I I tell my kids all oh. the time, I'm I'm immortal, and they say, "No, you're not." I'm like, "Prove me wrong," because you can't.
2: You can never prove me wrong. That's the that's the paradox. Like,
1: the first time you told me that, I was like, mind blown. That was awesome. <laughs> well, and then they
2: then they pointed at his knees. I can fall apart. Still still alive. I can fall apart. Um, there's. There are a lot of philosophical issues with this kind of thing. Um, I mean, the first issue is that what comes out of it, even if it's a hundred percent perfect recreation, still isn't you and doesn't have.
0: Yeah, but all right, we just know. lost Stephen Hawking. What if we hadn't lost him though? What if we? What if we were able to preserve
1: his neural
0: network? I mean, the greatest but at life, the time on the planet. Why would we? Would we done all done
1: you're that? preserving his memories, right? That thought process.
2: Oh, well, thought process too. Yeah. Well, see. Okay, this gets into a, a weird territory for me because I'm I'm an absolutist. I believe I don't believe in free will, so that gets weird for me.
0: You don't believe in free will? That's interesting. Okay, but yeah, I I agree with Thomas. I, I I feel it's everything. I feel it's 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 thoughts, memories. Uh, you know, yeah, everything.
1: But but it's not. Are you talking about creating AI from this and? and recreating Stephen Hawking with his brain so that he can continue his work. This or is is, this it is what I'm looking saying. back on his life.
0: No, no I, I I'm I'm saying it, uh, that at some point it either gets fed into an AI, it gets fed into a clone or or you know like we're talking you know, 100 200, 200 years down the
1: road where No, we don't need more of me. I'm not doing this. true. <laughs> <it>. I'm done. <laughs> Take me off the list. But we
0: could use, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to keep a Stephen is. Hawkins around. Yeah, we don't need a John Condon, but...
2: That is an excellent point, though, is that I would, if I had the money to do this, I would prefer to sponsor somebody I felt was worthy of resurrecting rather mm-hmm. than myself. Mm-hmm. I would I would find
1: some money. person
2: whose whose who's exercise towards my ideals was greater than my own.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. All right.
1: All right. This is running really long.
0: This is gone <laughs> way too long. We're done.
2: I've ruined it for everyone. Yeah. Again. Right.
0: So we're we gonna we're we gonna record next week or
2: what? Absolutely. We have to.
0: Episode one hundred next week. Then, fellas, we're we gonna do anything special?
2: No. Um, sure. I'll, probably, I'll probably have some beer. <laughs>
0: okay. You guys suck.
2: All right. well, I'm, I'm showing up for the 101st episode. This That'll be special.
0: is episode 99 of PHP Ugly. We're going to call that a wrap. I'm Eric Van Johnson.
1: I'm John Congdon.
2: I'm Tom Ryduck's brain in a jar. <laughs>
1: keep keep, it, keep it, ugly. it ugly.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.